diverse and disruptive. Just the way we like it on the Easy Does It podcast. If you keep on being disciplined, because discipline is the most important thing here, discipline will always take you where motivation can't. Because if you are motivated to invest a thousand rand a month, you will most likely not do it. If you are disciplined to do that, and maybe even have a debit order towards your investment portfolio, and that taking the decision away from you to invest, I think that is fantastic. You should allocate money towards your investment all the time. Then you should also look at curating a higher percentage of cash holdings, uh, whether that be in your savings account or in this investment account. You can always put money into investment accounts and not always buy into a fund, but keep the cash there for a greater opportunity. Welcome to Easy Desert, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications. Your cool guide to investing. Easy. Back on the Easy Does the Podcast, your cool guide to investing. My name is DJ at Large. How to protect your wealth during a recession with Ludwig van Veek. We're into part two of our conversation. And Ludwig, I want to talk a bit about bear and bull markets. What is the difference between a bear and a bull market? And how can each affect how someone decides to invest? I think, first of all, the term bear and bull gets thrown around around a lot by professionals all the time but but then a lot of people don't really understand how to you know even identify why it is called a bull and a bear okay and what are you supposed to do once you've identified yes so i think it is important to just understand why it is called bull and bear so a bull attacks from down to upwards with with the horns horns. so therefore it goes from from down Down to to up up. and a bear attacks from from up up to to down okay so Whenever you hear bull and bear, just just picture that. Um, and I remember sitting in a university class and someone explaining that to me, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> thank <laughs> <Makes> goodness <sense. laughs> that, that actually makes sense because I've been reading about it so much and I understood the difference." But sometimes you get a bit mixed up in your head, and you know you you might not feel all that bright that day, and then you know you might not. Uh, always be, be able to identify the, yeah. the difference. So a bull market is a market that is on the rise, such as the bull. <laughs> um, and that is where the economy is sound and it's growing and you know there's job opportunities and uh, just a fantastic growing economy. Uh, whilst a bear market exists in an economy that is receding, where stocks are, are, are declining and people are, are losing jobs and that could go towards a recession. It, it is not always just linked to a recession, but it is a, a period of economic downturn. That is that is probably the, the best way to describe that. Yeah. Based on that, my investor assumption would be that when it's a bull market, things are going up, we try and buy as much as we can buy. You, you correct me on this. No, no, that's not <laughs> a t- <laughs> So, so based on bull and bear, what should I be doing as an investor? If it's a bull market, what should I consider doing? And if it's a bear market, what should I consider doing? Because there are so many differences between a, a, a bull and a bear market, the way you make investment decisions varies greatly. Okay. Having a higher allocation of stocks is optimal in a bull market okay. where there are more potential for higher returns. Uh-huh. Okay. If, let's say, an equity is, is trading at 10 rand, okay, that equity c- could go to 100 rand, but it can... It can also just go to to zero. Okay, so you you've got a, a a ten rand opportunity of loss. Okay, but you've got an undefinite 
growth opportunity. So a lot of investors just believe in, you know, long only, long only. But then, for instance, there's a major company in South Africa at the moment. They're probably going to end the year at a, at, a, at a deficit of 21% for their clients. And they are a long only fund. And I do not ever believe in that. I think there are companies worth shorting and I think there are uh, markets worth worth shorting. So one way to capitalize on the rising prices of a bull market is to buy into companies early on and sell them before they reach their their peak. in a bear market where there's more opportunity for loss and potential for loss, opportunity is probably the the incorrect word there because you don't want an opportunity for loss, but there's a potential for for loss. Investing in equity should be done with great prudence since there is a higher likelihood of incurring a loss. So you almost need to be even more cautious during that time. 100%. Yeah, so the bull run of the last 10 years has been a bit out of hand. It's been fueled by companies that... Um, sometimes aren't actually really making any profit <laughs> and because of fantastic you know accountants they look like they are great companies but they are actually not that fantastic so another way to prepare for a bull and a bear market is through financial planning uh, creating a sound plan with financial advisor that will help you to avoid uh, one of the biggest traps investors fall into and this is probably the biggest problem with uh, with retail investors and that is making decisions uh, based on emotions <laughs> so for example in, in a bull market you might have recency bias because the market has been rising so rapidly and therefore you want to take more risk and just keep on buying it and that often leads to quite a big loss in contrast in a down market you might act on fear and make rash decisions and want to sell quickly such as leaving the market uh, which can also lead to losses because you might buy into that company at 10 rand and then it goes to eight and you go well you know i'm just cutting it now and this point that i'm making should not be confused with a previous point that i that i made about you know rebalancing your portfolio there's a correct time to rebalance your portfolio and there's an incorrect time just because you're in a in a in a slight deficit doesn't mean it's a it's a worthless investment there's you should trust the data and do homework and you know listen to investment professionals you know so i'd say be cautious when others are greedy and be greedy when others are cautious because if you are in a in a in a good position to invest and you're sitting on a, on a bit of cash for instance now in a bear market you might be be able to get into a few fantastic companies at quite quite a deficit uh, and you might be able to then in the next two years see a, a greater profit from that than if you had bought in two years ago um, and you know that quote that i just said about you know be be greedy and be and, and be cautious that's not me that's warren buffett so i think we we should we should all listen to him you know <laughs> you, you know what's what's so interesting ludwig is you know the more one learns about investing and investing principles the more you realize just how important controlling your emotions is because right now on social media there, there's this whole thing of you know it's the time to buy 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 and if you you let your emotions go then you buy but you're not thinking you're now buying outside of your investment goals your investment strategy or if it's vice versa you're doing the same thing again you're allowing your emotions to take over for fear to take over and all of a sudden your investment philosophy your principles your goals everything's out the window and the emotions are now leading those decisions so that's the one thing i found very interesting about 
personal finance and investing it's just how important controlling your emotions is and i think this will lead us into our next question is so we're in a recession right Mm. or we're in crisis mode things are not going well how should investors then protect their wealth once again this is my opinion and this is my theory so i think there's a few things that that you can use so first of all use dollar cost averaging so this is an investment strategy where you buy a fixed amount into an investment on a regular basis regardless of the current price Mm. okay so 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 whether the share price is up or down you just regularly keep buying yes so that is the same as putting 10 or 15 or 20 percent into your uh, retirement every month that, that money goes into there. So if this is your investment in investment plan, you continue buying into a specific company or a specific uh, industry or specific fund, okay? The reality is that 90% of retail investors lose their account within 90 days because they are over eager and they are not educated, okay? So you have to educate yourself. And I think that is the most important thing that should be taken away from, from, from this conversation is, do the research be educated and then go and make the decisions okay so if you allocate let's say four five thousand rand a month towards your investment portfolio keep on investing just keep on investing okay and then every quarter or every six months or every year go and rebalance that portfolio but keep on putting money into your brokerage account into your investment account whatever you are mode of investment you are, you are using just keep on investing because this, this is an important this is an important point that you're making and and what i'd like for you to follow up is why why is this particular action of dollar cost averaging so important what's the benefit of it because time in the market will always be timing the market okay so you can always 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 win if you are in the market okay so you will have times of economic downturn you will have recessions you will have companies possibly not having a good earnings year and you not see a dividend from your investment but if you keep on being disciplined because discipline is the most important thing here discipline will always take you where motivation can't because if you are motivated to invest a thousand rand a month you will most likely not do it if you are disciplined to do that and maybe even have a debit order towards your investment portfolio and that taking the decision away from you to invest I think that is that is fantastic. You should allocate money towards your investment all the time. Then you should also um, look at curating a higher percentage of cash holdings, uh, whether that be in your savings account or in this investment account. You can always put money into investment accounts and not always buy into a fund, but keep the cash there for a greater opportunity. So even if you aren't buying into the market at that specific point, you can buy into, let's say, a bond or a mutual fund, safer investments in this period of time. So you're not just keeping the cash there. I would not suggest just just keeping the money there, but it is easy access cash. It is not a 30-day fixed deposit. It is not an investment that is locked up for six months or something like that. It is accessible within 24 hours because if you then, let's say, see a fantastic buying opportunity in a real estate market because we're going to see real estate prices going 
down significantly, then you can possibly, let's say you are sitting on 100, 200, 300,000 Rand, and you then see, let's say, a property that was valued at 1.8 million four months ago is now valued at 1.5, and you believe that that is the actual realistic price. Consult with someone who's in the real estate industry, get their version of of events, get them to do evaluation. If they think it's worth 1.5, offer 1.3, and now you've got the opportunity to take that that money that you're sitting on and make an offer. Um, So so, so holding the cash also gives you a bit of flexibility. Definitely. So that brings me to, to my next point. I think buying quality assets that have a bit of cash flow and investing in, in dividend stocks. So as I mentioned, you know, investing into mutual fund funds, index funds, you know, bonds at, at this point is is a really, really good opportunity. If you are per se investing 5,000 Rand a month, keep on investing that 5,000 Rand. But instead of putting, let's say, 80% of that, so 4,000 Rand into your just stock portfolio, maybe look at investing 60% into that portfolio and putting that additional 20% into bonds or mutual funds or something like that. And keep the other 20% into the avenue that you would have already done. So now you've got a 20-20-60 split instead of an 80-20 split. From hearing you right, these are some of the things that you should consider. It's the dollar cost averaging, which also helps with just the discipline during a really tough time, holding a little bit of some cash, buying quality assets, dividend stocks, bonds. That's the type of thing that you should be considering during this time most definitely oh most man definitely. you've summarized it so nice most of the time you know investment professionals traditionally will say to us uh, commodities are a great place to put money uh, when things are going really bad why is it that commodities are so attractive in times of high inflation and and, and recession so commodities are overall a store of value so commodities are considered a hedge against inflation due to their intrinsic value and tend to perform well when prices for consumer goods are on the rise, such in a such as in a recession, where you mentioned your thousand rand won't take you as far as it used to. So now your thousand rand used to get you two bags of groceries, let's say. I don't know if it even if it even does anymore, but now it only gets you a bag and a half. Okay. So whilst equities tend to perform a bit worse in times of, of high inflation. Therefore, I mentioned buying into mutual funds or bonds or um, you know quality asset classes. So, I mean, these things tend to perform well in times of a recession. So, um, I remember reading a, a recent study by, by Vanguard. Uh, they, they pointed out that over the last decade, commodities rose by between 7 and 9% for every 1% of unexpected inflation which means there will always be a store of value. And I actually remember about two weeks ago, uh, another investment pro- professional calling me. And uh, as, as investment f- professionals normally do, we've got opinions about everything. Um, and we, we were debating about whether gold will be a store of value for the next 10 years. Because his his view was that people are moving to things like crypto or things on 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 the blockchain and i think the people that are still holding the majority of money are still people who are going to put it into things like gold or natural gases or oil and those things what people don't always understand is things like oil and gases and, and, and and those commodities cost money to store so the return there might not always be as fantastic as you hope, but it is a store of value because it costs money to store gold. It costs money to store anything. You never think about that, actually. Yes. So remember, um, the like, federal banks every month purchase gold um, because it's still 
a store of value and they can use that to then maneuver prices around and and, and be able to still hold a significant value to their currencies and, and by commodities we're talking about silver gold and etc yes yeah okay. most most definitely so i mean if you got let's say the five thousand rand a month yeah. that you are in, in investing I, I just think that's a really nice number to to work with you can always allocate a percentage of that into your brokerage account and that's what i would suggest but then let's say you've got another thousand rand a month lying around that you you know were looking to i don't know spend on a phone or <laughs> buy something something nice for yourself go and look at something like a gold coin that is not a bad investment decision in this period of time because it will hold its value whereas we are not 100 confident that all equities will hold their value that all property will will hold their value because in a time of, of a recession historically it doesn't but commodities do now that definitely makes sense ludwig what words of wisdom do you have for those who are listening to the podcast uh, they're new to the world of investing or perhaps they're afraid to even get started because of what's currently happening in the economy so i think this will definitely tie into my my, my view on personal finance because i don't think that you can separate the two so i think number one don't live above your means we live in a country where um, people are very very quick to go and buy a very nice car before buying something that can actually make their money we see that people often spend money on stuff that they really don't need and and should not be spending that that money on and then a year down the line they really regret those those purchases so i think don't live above your means and invest the consistent percentage that you always invest okay i think if you have the ability to invest a bit more that's even better but i remember a study done by financial planners in in the u.s and they've also got a podcast they are, are called the money guys i think so yeah some something like that and they had a fantastic stat that that showed that if you start investing at 20 years old in a basic broad-based index fund or mutual fund that will give you six to ten percent um, and that mirrors the s p 500 that has over its lifetime annualized an average of six to ten percent okay so if you invest uh, start at investing at, t- at 20 years old um, the money that you start investing can become 85 times more okay over a 40-year period and by the time that you're 65 it it is obviously 85 times more but that means you are consistently investing every single month and if you let's say work at a job where you earn a bonus in december or if you close a big deal and you earn a bonus then using a bit of that money and putting that towards that investment as well will always be fantastic but every five years that you wait the ability of that money to multiply becomes 10 to 15 times less so now if you start at 25 your money can multiply 60 60 to 65 times whereas if you started at 20 now you've got 85 times more so it it sounds small putting 500 rand a month away but it does make a difference you know i i often mention this to to my family and friends that if they sign up for let's say a service and it and, and it costs them 100 bucks a month i always tell them annualize that so now that is not 100 bucks a month that's actually 1200 rand a year 
And, and that's a bit different. And that is a bit different. <laughs> now take whatever you're spending 200 rand on. Now that's two and a half, you know, it's 2,400. So if you just keep on, you know, tallying that up and you think about, you know, what you are actually spending your money on every single month, something such as gym, let's say for instance, I think it's fantastic to spend money on gym, but let's say you spend 400 rand on, on gym. I think that's, that's, that's about the cost for a lot of people. That's 4,800 rand a year that you spend on gym then you have to ask the question, how often are you going? Is it worth spending that? Or should you maybe look at buying a bit of equipment, doing it from home, going on a run a bit more, the road's free, you can run on the road, um, you know, and then maybe using YouTube and getting exercises from there. It's, it's maybe not worth it to have a personal trainer. I mean, is it worth it to have the best phone? Is it is it worth it to have the newest iPhone? No, it's 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 really not. It's been the same phone for the last <laughs> few releases, you know. So I think that's that's point number one. Point number two is the best day to have started was yesterday. The second best is today. Okay, so you didn't start yesterday, so that's fine. Okay, then let's start today, and from here on out, you are creating something that you can number one have for yourself and create comfort for yourself and a comfort zone. But now. If you're planning on having kids or if you have kids or whatever, you are planning for the future. That is why my company's slogan is creating generational wealth. Because I think that if you are smart today, you are transferring such a fantastic privilege to the next generation. And, you know, we are often very, very privileged that when you turn 18 in South Africa, you might get a car or you might get a very nice gift or and you go and study. That's actually a massive privilege. And I don't think people realize those privileges. So just because you have the ability to buy something fancy doesn't mean you should, okay? And then I think you should also do your homework. I think that is point number three. You should always, always do your homework and speak to a, a multitude of financial and investment professionals, uh, get opinions, get advice, and then make your own decision. No one should force you to invest in anything. It is your money. It is your decision. And just because they are maybe qualified doesn't mean that their opinion is absolute. My opinion is not absolute. Okay, that is why I'm, I'm saying every time that you ask me a question about a theory or philosophy, I say this is mine and I think that this is decent. That's why I'm using it. But mine has been curated from listening to a bunch of people's opinion. And I think these are the, are the, are the ones that should be used. So in summary, start today. Don't live above your means and invest as much as you possibly can, not what you can afford, because there's a difference. You are able to invest, let's say, 10 or 20% of your income, let's say, but if you think you are able, only able to afford to invest 5%, you will only invest 5%. Force yourself to invest. I'm not saying invest all of your money and don't have food in the house. I'm saying just have a balance. One of the principles is that, that I always use is assign a percentage to everything. What does my phone cost me in a month? Two, three percent? Fantastic. What am I investing? 20 to 25 percent. Fantastic. If you are spending the same amount on going out and eating out and on clothes and those things that you're investing, I think there's something wrong. Unless you are making a million rand a month and you're investing 500,000, you know. So there's a difference. So number one, start today. Number two, have discipline and invest as much as you possibly can. And number three, make sure you do your homework.
Yeah, and as you're speaking, there's a couple of things that come into mind. You know, as you mentioned, you know, doing your research, doing your homework. It's about being intentional when it comes to investing. It's about patience, and of course, it's about consistency, which is a lot of what you've touched on as well. Uh, last but not least, Ludwig, what's more important? And I think I've, I already know the answer based on everything you've said. But what would you say is more important? Time in the market or timing the market? So time in the market will always be timing the market. So um, I think the message there should should always be stay consistent, be diversified and be long term. Okay, because if you stay consistent and you put your money away every month, you won't care about the noise, the ups and the downs. You will look at eventual goals. Okay, be diversified as I mentioned earlier. And if you are long-term, that ties into the first point that I made. So I'm very, very big on on listening to other investment professionals that have done it for 30, 40 years. And I remember the CEO of Franklin Templeton, which is an investment house in the US, um, mentioning that they did a study about market returns. And in a 20-year period between 2001 and 2021, there were more than 5,000 trading days where there was a gain of 35%. And if you missed the 10 best trading days, you missed out on 65% of your returns in that period. Okay. But these 10 days were spread out through the 20 years. Those 5,000 days were spread out through the 20 years. So timing the exact day of that 35% return is very unlikely. (laughs) Very, very unlikely. So if we are realistic about it, we should acknowledge that putting the money away into solid companies into solid industries that you believe have the best growth opportunity should always be at the forefront of your investment strategy be consistent be disciplined and be long-term that should always be the thought process oh man i love that ludwig how do we get in touch with you if we want to uh, you know engage with your organization are you on social media how, how do we interact with you so obviously we've got quite a different um client base that we are reaching out to um so we aren't heavy on social media because that's not where we are getting most of our of our clients but you can go onto our, our, our website i believe you you guys will, will will give a description of that that as well. You can contact us on there, and then um, as I mentioned to you a few months ago when we were when we met, um, uh, we we are launching our financial education course in January, um, and then for that you can just search FinSav, um, so it's just F I N S A V, and that will be where all of this financial education and f- financial knowledge will be, um, and we will be on social media, the websites, and so forth, um, and we will start doing financial education courses and seminars and uh, talks and i would very much look forward to having you at, at, at one of those events as well so for the hedge fund side it's just on on our website all of the contact info is there and then for the education it's a bit more social media heavy oh absolutely love that uh, thank you so much ludwig for for guiding us on how to protect our wealth during a time of recession and crisis and for being so eloquent yet being so relatable and and explaining and breaking things down for us Thank you very much for having me. It's a real pleasure and I always enjoy talking to you. And that's what we do on the Easy Does It podcast, your cool guide to investing. Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at 
Easy Equities.